Welcome everyone to the emergency POV. I'm David Hoffman here with my buddy Christian. Christian, how are you doing? Bitcoin down 39% in one day. Oh man, Ether down 42 and a half. Stacking sounds like a motherfucker. MakerDAO getting extremely uh, stress tested. Everyone, everyone is uh, getting liquidated. Some people are getting their collateral bought for zero dollars. So we'll get into that later. We just, me and Christian, just uh, threw out this Zoom link to like thirty different people. So we'll see who shows up. Uh, it's just uh, me and him right now, but uh, it's going to be a, a coalescence of all of crypto Twitter all in the same spot. So this will be an interesting episode. We'll see how this goes. Yo, Quant Stamp, welcome back to the fold. But hey, let's start off with eToro. You guys know what it is. eToro, these guys have been supporting POV crypto nine and a half months. They've supported Bitcoin since 2016. You can stack sats. You can copy a trader. You can buy an index. Whatever you want, it's on eToro. I highly recommend you prove to yourself how bad of a trader you are by using their fake trading feature while you stack sats at the very same time with that same money in real life. So that way you just know you're being responsible, but you can test it out anyways. Who cares? eToro, b.tc backslash eToro POV. That's our link. It's not great, but we love it anyways. b.tc backslash eToro POV to let eToro know that we sent you there. Again, one-stop shop for everything Bitcoin crypto. Want stamp. One of my favorite companies in the crypto space, keeping DeFi safe, especially on days like today where the entire ecosystem is getting stress tested. Quantstamp is the premier smart contract auditing firm in the crypto space. So if you are developing a dApp, if you are developing a contract that is holding user funds, then you need to get your code audited and it should be by Quantstamp. Probably the most robust resume of previous crypto portfolios secured. Quantstamp is the leader in the entire space, the longest history, has the most experience. Uh, Realty, we are designing this really cool, awesome system that is gonna get to putting real tokens inside of MakerDAO. At some point, we will need to get that contract, uh, that smart contract uh, that we are building audited and we are going to go straight to Quantstamp to do that. So spoken with a guy that has skin in the game, Use Quantstamp to get your shit audited. It's important. What's the website again? Expertaudits.com. Also, Quantstamp.com. Nice, nice. Welcome, DeFi Dad, to the podcast. You get to watch us do one more ad. Unchained Capital. You guys, Unchained Capital, my favorite smart smart contract company in the Bitcoin space. They are a Bitcoin native financial company. Everything inside of their solution is built on the foundation of multi-sig. They enable you to really easy set up a multi-sig. You hold two keys, they hold one. They layer on a bunch of other amazing banking and traditional finance services that will make your mom feel great on top of it. So if you want it, you got it. If you don't, you never have to trust them. You got two keys, you're good to go. Easiest way to set up multi-sig on Bitcoin today. Um, And when Bitcoin goes to the moon, not today, when you bought it at 4K today and it goes to the moon, you're going to want to collateralize that Bitcoin and get a loan on top of it. You don't want to sell your Bitcoin. You want to collateralize it, get a USD loan. It's better for your taxes. And you can do it in a way that is never rehypothecated through Unchained Capital. Go from your vault straight to a loan. And, uh, you know, friends don't let friends sell Bitcoin. So when you want to realize those gains, get a loan. 
and uh, hold on to the corn. Unchained Capital, or go check out Unchained Capital at unchained-capital.com on Twitter at Unchained Cap. Again, my boys, Parker Lewis, Phil, Drew, Joe, thank you for making such an amazing product. Thank you for supporting Bitcoin and thank you for supporting POV Crypto. If, if friends don't let friends sell Bitcoin, what happened today? Who let who down? I don't know. They weren't my friends, that's for sure. <laughs> well, 40% of our friends let us down, that's for sure. <laughs> Big time let down. Yo, Travis, welcome to the, uh, welcome to the live stream. Welcome. Thanks for being the first one. Yeah. Hey, David. Hi, CK. Thanks for having me. Nice, CK. Nice to meet you finally. I, uh, I have always admired you from afar with David. You guys have a really cool relationship. Yeah. T- totally serious too. Really, yeah. I really enjoy the banter between you two. I think it's, uh, um, we need, we need a little more love like that between Bitcoin and Ethereum. Absolutely. Absolutely. Guy Swan also welcome to the, welcome to the live stream. So how, uh, how did you guys uh, hold up today? What are you, what are you guys up to? Wait, why don't we get a little introduction? Let's start with Travis. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, hey, everyone. Uh, so I work on the Ethereal Summit. It's a lot like a TEDx event, but for um, the Ethereum and blockchain community. So we do have Bitcoin related talks, so it's, it's not all Ethereum. Uh, but yeah, so we, we normally run in-person events, although uh, uh, there will be some announcements. Some things might be changing very soon, but mm. uh, you'll have to look forward to those coming tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I work on the Ethereal Summit. I've been in the crypto space for about three years. Uh, I'm a, you know, as much as I focus on Ethereum and DeFi, uh, I'm a huge advocate of Bitcoin, continue to hold my Bitcoin. I didn't sell mine today. I don't know what the hell everyone else was doing. I, uh, I don't what, know why what? you would. Yeah, what <laughs> happened today? Oh my God. God, it just was like, and it keeps going. It It keeps going the whole day, the whole day. Are we any better than legacy finance? Like I I always thought, I thought we were supposed to moon when the markets crash and it just, it's, it's not gone as planned today. This is so much, so much for being an uncorrelated asset. So did y'all hear about this? Can anybody confirm? Cause I didn't really dig into it about the CME is going to be closing trading tomorrow. The whole day, like they're just they're just shutting down trading, um, and my thought immediately is like, so these are like cash settled futures, is that they need to get out of their positions, and if they're holding if they're holding puts if they're holding uh, against the market, well mm-hmm. it's cash settled. So if they dump their Bitcoin, well then they make profit on the thing, and you're talking about a whole set of order books if. if if that was right, what I heard that that's actually happening and Bitcoin futures are included in that, it's like, wouldn't everybody be exiting like as fast as possible? So I, I'm inclined to think that that has something to do with it, but I really haven't like dug into the specifics of it yet. Um, but yeah, it, it really sucks because, you know, Bitcoin's supposed to be an uncorrelated asset and now it's like, oh, here's... Except for the coronavirus. <laughs> Except for the corona crash. <laughs> well, I think this shows you like the nature of liquidity a little bit, right? Um, yeah. mm-hmm. People are just going to rush to the most liquid thing when liquidity is needed. And today, that's not Bitcoin. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is Bitcoin for crypto, right? Like people are just moving up the liquidity stack. 
And so the illiquid things are being sold for the liquid things. Like we're all moving into more, more liquid assets. If you go and look at the chart, like this line, this, this big red fucking dildo of a line <laughs> is going to be burned into our brains forever. Like you will, if for the next 10 years, you are going to be able to look at this chart and point to this line forever and be like, oh, and that's the day that coronavirus hit. Like it's always <laughs> going to be viewable. Hey guys, have you taken a look at uh, CoinMetrics has a correlation chart? Here, actually, I can share my screen. Oh yeah, do oh, it. Um, taking over DeFi, Dad. Yeah, right? Yeah, right. yeah. So, so uh, I, I mean, I think it's worth taking a quick look at it again. It's at CoinMetrics.io. Uh, mm -hmm. you, you can look at all sorts of different assets here. I think most of us tend to look at like, oh, is like Bitcoin and Ether correlating or gold, but um. I mean, we're still close to zero. It's it's not it's not too bad here. I mean, it started to yeah. We're just a little bit above zero. So I don't know. I think like maybe it's it's too early to call. It's such a short time frame, but there's no doubt it's been incredibly disappointing to see. Like I feel like this is a big opportunity. <laughs> you know, like this is a big marketing opportunity for all of crypto and. Uh, I mean, whales, if you're out there listening, you know, pump it. Like, what's pump going it. on? Wait, so you're, you're, you're they want to buy like, back cheaper. Dude, I want to buy back cheaper. I have been screwed, that, like, Christian, Christian interrupted me in the middle. We are, like, going through papers like crazy of retirement accounts and everything that we have anywhere because I am like, holy shit, I did not, I didn't think we were going to be here again. Um, so I'm so, trying wait. to take advantage of this opportunity if at all possible. Definitely. Definitely. Um, we have two new guests, James and guess who, I don't know who that is, but, um, wh James, why don't you introduce yourself and then guess who next? All right. Uh, my name is James Stresswich. I'm a founder at Suma. We work on, uh, cross chain interoperability and I've been talking about, you know, uh, atomic loans and flash crashes and, uh, instability and in maker for, you know, two or three years now. So like this is the chickens coming home to roost today. Mm -hmm. <laughs> James, how do you design, how do you guys think about days like today uh, when you are designing your cross-chain systems? Uh, well, it's kind of difficult. It depends on like what it's actually doing. TBGC needs a different solution from a cross-chain swap. Um, mm -hmm. You know, from like a business perspective, uh, I've been doing this since the last major bear market. You know, I ran a business while it slid from $1,000 to $150. Um, like from a business perspective, it's all about cash planning. Hey, James, you, you mentioned uh, uh, the roosters like coming home today. What, can, can you elaborate more on like what, what mechanisms do you think about that, I don't know, might come in handy tomorrow once they're all fleshed out like what what were you referring to like what happened with maker today like did you have any ideas or or just solutions for for what should be done there well yeah like with maker today we're seeing this uh combination of illiquidity and chain congestion team up to cause issues right and both of those things are very predictable and it's very easy to like work out from first principles why they're going to cause problems for systems like Maker. 
and I'm not saying these are insurmountable problems. I'm saying like we we could tell very early on that something like this was going to happen. Uh, what I'm most excited about is that uh, this looks like it's going to move the Overton window for Maker, right? And take the narrative from secure unless there's a black swan event to uh, secure unless there's a cyclical market downturn. Hmm. Yeah. Can, so, so oh, uh, David. Yeah. Can I was I was going to say, could someone just I think it's worth someone walking through right. exactly what happened? It confused a lot of people, and I I think I understand it, but I mm -hmm. got a feeling, David, you understand it better. So. Yeah, I'll do my best. I, I can get a little bit lower than the high level details, but not too much lower. So price goes down. Price goes down big. People that have open positions inside of Maker, open loans, they become uh, under that 150% ratio. So they, their positions, their vaults, their CDPs are able to be bitten, which means that they can be uh, liquidated by somebody else. Uh, and so at the same time, this is the largest single day downturn that we've ever seen ever. And you know the size of market moves directly correlates with the amount of congestion on Ethereum. Like the more Ether, the more the price moves, the more people are gonna want to make transactions. So we saw transactions upwards of 200 Guay at some points today, uh, which is insane. Like I can usually make a transaction that goes through in under two minutes with two Guay uh, on an average day. Uh, so this is a 100X amount of gas fees that you have to pay to get in. And because this was such an insane move, so many people were also getting liquidated. So there were a lot of CDPs that were underwater. Now, with this, all of this congestion, all the keepers, and keepers are people that kind of play a, participate, uh, a tangential role to the MakerDAO system that's very, very important. They are the people that, that liquidate uh, positions to make sure that there's no outstanding die debt that is uncollateralized. So they, they uh, buy back CDPs that are becoming at risk, and then they liquidate them. Uh, and then they make they buy back the die from the secondary market for the people that have the outstanding loans who aren't doing it because they let the system get underwater in the first place. So they buy the collateral at a slight discount. That's the incentive, and then they repay the debt for the for the person. Now, because there was so much congestion, people weren't able to get very many transactions through, and and there was just so many liquidations that keepers were overwhelmed that there were opportunities to buy collateral that no one was competing for. And so people just said, hey, I bid zero for this collateral. And since no one else was you know, bidding for that collateral, that person that bid zero dollars, they won. And so as a result of this, $4 million of Ether was sold to these people who basically got purchased $4 million for free. Uh, and now there's a hole in the pocket of the MakerDAO system. And so what seems to be what we're going to do or what the MakerDAO uh, system is going to do is they're going to mint new MKR, auction it off for $4 million of DAI to pay back that debt to become whole again. Does that sound right to everyone? David, one, one other thing on that. So normally if you get liquidated, how much of your collateral do you normally get back after it's been auctioned? Enough? That's a hard thing. For, uh, I don't know, but minus 13% minus the total amount of die that you owe, and then you get yep. whatever's left. I think that's Oh, right. okay. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so about four minutes missing. Yeah. Yeah. But so yeah. I want to jump in here real quick. Like, 
obviously David and I were talking about this and he said, this is how makers are supposed to perform when something like this happens, MKR gets minted in order to repay, repay the deficit. Um, I'm curious, like what you guys feel like, I'm sure guy and myself are feeling like this is what we've been talking about. Like this thing is uh, a fragile system. There's a lot of issues here. Um, this thing is not robust. Like we have this situation now. I'm curious, like, how are you guys, uh, you know, reacting to this, the cornerstone of DeFi having uh, 4k of free ether just sold off to for nothing. David, you want to go first? I mean, I'll go if no one else wants to. I, I mean, I, hey, I I can share my candid thoughts on it first. It's it's it, nothing uh, too complex here. Um, yeah, I was like disappointed. Uh, I think that, you know, given how important Maker is to us, like I was just disappointed that I didn't realize this was like another sort of like vector for failure. Uh, and... You know, like when you think about it, <clears throat> again, like I, I don't, um, I don't envy the positions over there at Maker. Like it's just like the whole world of pressures on their shoulders. So respect to them for what they're able to do. But um, man, like I guess I never thought about like all of the um, global equities like collapsing at once, and then that actually affecting us the way it did. And I'm, I'm like realizing, like I, I thought that I was more self-aware of like getting out of my own bubble and recognizing that like we have our own narratives in, in crypto and we're, we're wanting these to play out and some of them are and some of them aren't. This is just a good example where I, I can say personally, I was not thinking or expecting the type of dump that we saw today uh, in light of what happened in like the legacy markets. And so, yeah, just kind of the perfect storm, David, you described price dumps hard everyone's getting liquidated, gas prices go sky high, and then you have this like goofy opportunity. I mean, someone made a ton of money today off of that and, and walked away with a lot, of, uh, a lot of, I think it would be mostly ETH, but a lot of collateral oh, that, ETH, was, yeah. that was liquidated. So, yeah. The, the point I'd like to make is that uh, the MKR minting to cover the debt is the point of the MKR token. And so like, there's not only reward with owning MKR. When you own MKR, like a, you, you get to access the fees of the MKR system in good days, but then you also act as insurance for the bad days. Uh, and so for a $4 million hole in the MakerDAO system after a 50% drawdown in 24 hours that is sufficiently covered by minting M MKR, that's, to me, that's a victory. That's, that's the whole point of the system. That is the backstop that the MKR is supposed to be. I want to go to Guy and then James. I just on the whole on the whole maker thing. It just it scares the crap out of me just from the idea of um, like to to execute that because you're trying to get your you know that's that's leverage that eats into the the printing of a token that like has such a fragile value to begin with. Um, like it, it just seems. I, I don't know. It's 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 why I'm. I guess I'm just stay right in right in Bitcoin and with something that I think has, um, uh, like some sort of really core uh, value proposition. I guess you could say it's. I, I don't know. It just seems it seems so weak. It seems like something. What 
What's the difference between the DeFi dump or the DeFi wreckage and the Bitcoin dump of 38% to you? Is the, well, because the DeFi is someone else's funds. Like, like it's a, it's a means of like, it's a contract between parties that like don't really know who's involved. And I'll be perfectly honest. I don't know how it works as far as like the actual technical details. I haven't dug into it. Um, but like, like somebody just got 4,000, you know, free ETH in taking advantage of a 4 million, 4 million. Oh my God. 4 million dollars worth of ETH. 4 million. Okay. 4 million dollars worth of ETH. Okay. Um, hey, let me chime in here. D David, yeah. do you, are, are, do you hold any maker? Cause I actually, I don't. But I'm obviously very bullish on DeFi and Ethereum. But I don't. I, go, I, I you, you do or you don't. I go in between the Bitcoin the positions maker. of of Maker. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So, so for me, Maker is all about governance. And mm -hmm. <laughs> to be completely blunt, I don't really care about the value of it. And so, I care more about Dai. I care more about just the uh, the system continuing to be over collateralized, which is normally with ETH. Uh, so, so that's why like today for me was quite a learning lesson, of course, and I'm, I'm fortunate I wasn't affected by it directly, like my wallet wasn't, but I, I obviously like I'm, you know, I'm sad for anyone that obviously has like been liquidated unexpectedly, especially in such like a crazy market, or for those who just didn't get back any collateral. Uh, but that's the thing that I'm wondering, David, like, do you have any thoughts on um, the, the value of Maker, like what Guy was just referring to? I really don't give a shit if we, however much has to be printed and sold mm -hmm. off um, in order to uh, get back that, that collateral or that value into the system. Um, as long as DAI is stable, which it is, in fact, it's trading at a premium right now. Um, that's mm -hmm. all that I really care about. Yeah, so James. the core value proposition, oh yeah, James, you wanna go ahead? James, James, sorry. Yo. Uh, so I, I think like David's right to point out that this is maker working, right? Is uh, the MKR exists to fill this kind of role when there's a shortfall of die, like take it out of the, uh, take it out of the market. Sorry, when there's a surplus of die and a shortfall of collateral, take the surplus die out of the market. Uh, the the real thing that I think is interesting though is this isn't maker working because we had price instability. Um, the ETH crash is not what caused um, this shortfall, right? Uh, what caused the shortfall is that the collateral auctions don't work during liquidity crunches and chain congestion. Um, so we had multiple auctions just fail entirely. And that's why people got a bunch of free ether is because the auction mechanism used by the vaults failed. And so MKR is not here making up like a shortfall because Ether crashed. It's making up a shortfall because we had a liquidity crunch uh, and chain congestion at the same time. Um, and the, the great thing about like DeFi and on-chain transactions like this is those will always 100% of the time uh, happen together. Yeah, I think that's a good point. The and minting of MKR to provide this backstop isn't happening 
in its normal function. It's, it's, this is a, this is by far, this is a bug. This is a not, this is an outside of the normal parameters outside of the normal functioning of the MKR system. But at the end, at the end of the day, MKR can be minted to cover the debt for any, any sort of failure of any scenario. Um, so it's an unintended consequence. It's not the way that the system was designed, but MKR can be minted all the same. Yeah, well, definitely. Can um, I just ask, cause I don't, I don't know much about this. How, how is this being minted exactly? Like what's the, mm-hmm. what's the mechanism, the right. comp, whatever, who, what is it? So there's a 4 million, there's like, it's like 3.97 something, something, something million die that needs to be purchased from the secondary market. And so what's going to happen is there's going to be an auction and this is all done by a smart contract. And so there is an auction for MKR. So that I, I, this isn't going to be exactly how it works, but conceptually it'll, it'll do the same job. So okay. like the number of MKR will always tick upwards to a point where, so they're going to offer one MKR for $3.9 million. And then no one's going to take it because that's not what MKR is worth. And then they're going to offer two and they're going to offer four. Then they're going to offer more and more and more. And then at some point enough MKR is going to be sold at that particular rate to generate the amount of dye that needs to be generated off the secondary market to fill that gap. Okay. And they're putting up ETH for this auction. No, MKR. They can, no one can mint. Oh, no, excuse me. No, so MKR. you're uh, minting no, MKR and selling it for dye typically. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is theoretically bad for people that own MKR as an investment. Right. Um, this seems like wanted, super, super circular here. Yeah. Yeah. So it's again, like this is the difference between these things and something like Bitcoin, which will never print to bail out of anything. Right. Um, Kenny just joined. Um, Kenny, what's up? Hey guys, we got a crew. Yeah, yeah. Just Kenny's exactly. been Odell day. here. Where's Odell? The, the perfect guy to to come in and, and share his opinions. Kenny, have you been following the MakerDAO uh, story today? Well, um, I got a nice little recap. Thanks, David. Um, I had, of course, my phone started blowing up about a, about ninety minutes ago, and I was like, "What is going on?" And so, yeah, it's th- this is one of those things that. I kind of, I knew it was probably going to happen at some point. I think most of us at the beginning of Maker knew that this would, this would happen. I mean, not this specific situation, but something that would test the system in a quite a dramatic way. And now we're here. And it, it, let me, let me just say, it feels a lot different being here and watching it happen than thinking about it and trying to plan for it years ago. Guys, what, what is the next step? Uh, what what is what is actually happening right now? That that's that's where I um, lost my way today. I was kind of like keeping up with the blog post. It was like a, a Black Thursday response. But yeah, what what is the next step to resolve all of this? Yeah. So it looks like tomorrow there's going to be an executive vote, and the parameters are going to be tweaked such that so the the situation that James uh, articulated is is quite accurate. That when we have these very high price transactions and low liquidity, you're going to, you're going to run into issues, but potentially with these auctions, if you extend the period of auction such that if these periods don't last for that long, maybe that will be um, enough buffer to, to in order so that nobody's taking the collateral for free, but that remains to be seen. But this is also part of this, this whole experiment, this, this, uh, 
you know, can we crowdsource the job of the Federal Reserve to investors or, you know, people that, who actually have stake? And if, they, and, and if those parameters actually do uh, work, then, you know, maybe this is a still a legitimate way to, to be thinking about how to create stable value. And if it doesn't, then, you know, maybe we learn some invaluable lessons and try something else. Can we talk about Bitcoin then, guys? Can we talk about, so we just, we covered the failures of Ethereum. <laughs> what about the store of value that is Bitcoin? What the fuck happened today? That's, that's what I want to know. I, I'm just, CK, guy, guy like dude, everyone. Just, guy. How, how did you feel? Because right, again, so, you know I hold Bitcoin. I'm not like, I, I, I was disappointed. Everyone too. holds Bitcoin. Everybody yeah. holds Bitcoin. I was, man, so I've, I've been in Bitcoin for a very long time and I have seen many, many crashes and I, I, didn't, I, this, I didn't think this sort of percentage move was particularly at the time that we are because we're just, we're, we're just coming up on a halving. Um, and I'm curious as to what the degree of kind of speculative fluff there is in just kind of all crypto because for that amount of kind of movement to happen in such a short span with only like it seems like it's just everybody is so scared of the markets it's like anything with risk which bitcoin inherently for the the absolutely the broader market you know the most of the people that are dabbling a little bit in it they're not bitcoiners they're just normal people um and those people are scared out of their minds right now. Like, like I feel like everything is on steroids for like, holy shit, what the hell is going on with the markets? And they're just exiting. And then you've also got like, we usually have a pullback towards the April, uh, towards April, just because of tax season and people are taking profits from last year and, you know, selling their, their Bitcoin to pay taxes. And it's like, now I think like everybody was planning on doing that in a couple of weeks. And then this has scared them out of the markets and, you know, people are closing things and Bitcoin just isn't, I think it used to be uncorrelated. And now like with Corona and kind of the fear and with CME markets closing, I still just, that just surprises me. I don't quite understand why that is, I guess maybe, maybe they're trying to protect the broader markets against like another sell-off, like another crash. Um, but that is kind of a bit of a le out of left field for me. I was not, I wasn't expecting that sort of thing to come, but I don't know. I think it's just, everybody's so damn scared that everybody who was a hundred percent certain about Bitcoin. I mean, I'm, I'm buying, I, I'm, I'm trying to scramble. I've only managed to get a couple of hundred dollars together, um, but I'm, I'm still hunting. I've got a stack of paper that I'm going to the second this thing is over. Um, <laughs> and I know there's a shit ton of maximalists who are joining me. We've got a, we got a group, my crypto economy crew of 43 people in here and everybody's like, Oh shit. Oh shit. I'm trying to get money. It's like, who's, who knows how to get to their retirement accounts. Um, so the whole thing is going crazy. I, it, this seems like nonsense. I, I, I don't, like, there's, there's no reason. Shout like, out it, to Jeff Andrew <laughs> in the IRA. Matt Odell, <laughs> welcome to the show. We got seven oh, people up, on Matt? here. Nice. Holy shit. What a day. Ridiculous day. Ridiculous fucking day. So uh, Matt, I'm glad, I'm glad you're here. Uh, are you bummed that Bitcoin is now correlated? I mean, I, 
you can't <laughs> just you can't just extrapolate from this you know from what's going on right now like True. there's a fucking pandemic people are fucking freaking out the whole market's cratering like of course they're gonna sell bitcoin it's pretty crazy though flight to liquidity yeah yeah, yeah. It's a flight to the dollar everywhere yeah. right now. But the, the question is, the question is, is like what happens next, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are already people are saying that ATMs, did you see ATMs in Boston? Uh, Jill was saying they're empty. Um, so the question here is, do they try and use this to ban cash? Maybe we see that. And do we see like bail-ins? Do we see banks fail? Do we see bail-ins? And those two things either or would prove the value prop of Bitcoin. Um, so, I mean, it should be interesting to watch play out. I'm, I'm much more inclined to think that we're going to see bailouts like crazy. Um, it, can anybody confirm? Because I saw in uh, a chat recently that they're literally planning on um, uh, a trillion dollars a week for like the next month being put into the repo. Is that right? Does anybody know? I mean, something like that. I feel like something they're like they're they're, they're uh, hell bent on just just trying to fix into it. it. Yeah. yeah. How do how do we fix this thing? Um, do, hey, were any of you tracking the the two hundred week moving average? That tends to be like the line that we never go below on Bitcoin charts. It's we're under we it right now. We're under it. Yeah, yeah. Just which just, which is which is scary. Yeah. It could be a wig though. We've got we've got a, it could. It could a be little a wick, bit here yeah. for the rest of the week. So if it's a if it's a wick, it's nothing. Wicks are all over the place. Um uh so Bitcoin people. That's crazy. Though. What does this mean for stock to flow? Nothing actually. Um so far uh the the stock to flow is actually not crazy out of whack. We've like the three thousand move was well below the um current marker that we got in in relation. I mean, the fact that we're like coming up to the having, I think, is like kind of crazy that we made this sort of a move um that close to it. But I think it was like point uh, four or something like that, which is not it's actually not out of the realm of normal for just kind of general. Just the fact that it was kind of at a left field. What is out of the realm? What um, what would be crazy? Uh, like I think like. Point two or point one is really really rare. It's like it's like when things are like deep deep like peak of the bear market is like where you see stuff like that. So what? That's I kind of want two thousand. Yeah, two thousand. So I'm not sure what it is. Two thousand. Two thousand. The low. The lowest of this bear market was like thirty two hundred, right? And so I feel like twenty nine hundred. If it starts to get significantly below twenty nine hundred, I feel like that's that's bad. Uh, it's bad for the narrative. But we're so far away from that. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're not that far away. Right? <laughs> well, the percentages get high. The percentages get more intense when you get, when you get closer to it. It's still another I, 50% drop. I mean, I don't necessarily prescribe to stock to flow. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is... It's it's pretty unreal watching the whole market crater and they all pretty much created the same at the end of the day, right? But it's like everything's down like 40, 45% right now. It didn't really matter what you were in. So yeah. can the crypto markets resurge before the equity markets? I, there's less liquidity. So uh, I, I wouldn't 
be super surprised if it did. You would not be still, super surprised. I would not be, no. Uh, I, I believe gold fell today 4%. So, I, I mean, there's, <laughs> there is like undeniably, no matter, no matter like how negative you could be on gold. It was uh, red everywhere. Yeah, it was red everywhere. Uh, my, my question, guys, if you're, if um, for, this is more for like Matt guy, uh, CK, uh, when does Bitcoin have to take off? before you start to ha have more sleepless nights before you start to say, God damn, this like safe haven thing is definitely not working out. Like what, yeah, how, how many days away from the happening are we? Yeah. And um, by the way, this is a like short time. Too. 60 days. <clears throat> sorry. Sorry to cut you off. Defy. Oh no, 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 you're good. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. So what is it? 60 days away. And, and, and again, short time frame, guys, we're talking about, it's mm -hmm. been two really intense weeks globally. I'm across it's been one world. single red candle. One single red candle that's ruined us all. <laughs> it's destroyed everybody's portfolio. But yeah, like, I, I mean, like, you know, let's pretend we go into a six, 12 month, uh, you know, full blown recession, which seems like we're in. Uh, w when does Bitcoin have to take off here? Like, or what, what are you guys looking at, uh, you know, to, to validate like, hey, the value prop is working out or to look at it and say, oh, okay, I was wrong about one part of this. It's still, it's still very powerful. I can transfer value anywhere across the world. It's censorship resistant, blah, blah, blah. But the safe haven, the, gold, the digital gold narrative, like when, when do you start to get concerned? Well, I, I, don't, really, I don't really do the, the, calling it a safe haven, like it's unbelievably risky. You know, like it's, it's, a, it's a brand new technology. Um, like I don't, I don't really, I try really hard not to like repeat the idea that it is a, a safe haven asset. I have for the longest time. And, and like Matt says, like you really can't just because we have one day and there's like super fear all across the market. You can't really call it correlated just because of that, particularly when we were already overbought. So there's a lot of pressure already waiting for those red candles. Um, but um, I'm, I'm inclined to like, my concern would be like if if it dropped to 2000 i would be searching everywhere for some sort of a piece of news that quantum computing broke shot 256 if that didn't happen like i'm like i'm not worried about whether or not i think bitcoin is money or like what it means and i've read a lot about it so like i don't know maybe i'm just confident in my my bias um but like I would just be worried about whether or not Bitcoin was broke. If it wasn't, I would just be buying. Like if Bitcoin's not broken, I'm not worried about any of the other stuff. I think the Bitcoin is a safe, safe haven asset narrative really mainly comes out of the fact that the Fed always prints money. And so it's like, yeah. it's not a safe haven asset from one diseased bat that bit someone. Like that's, that's, there's no one, no one's a safe haven. Nothing's a safe haven asset from that except for toilet paper and food, apparently. Um, but Bitcoin is a safe haven asset from irresponsible monetary policy. And even at the end of the day, if the Federal Reserve, I think that's you, Josh, I'm going to you. Even if the Federal Reserve said like, all right, like we are woke now, we're going to have responsible monetary policy and, and we're going to adopt more Austrian management of the monetary supply, even though that's kind of an oxymoron. Even at that, uh, even if that, <laughs> 
was taken as a position. Like Bitcoin would still do well because internet money is always going to be better than, than, you know, centralized, you know, uh, government controlled money. And so at the end of the day, like it's the fundamentals, it doesn't, doesn't matter that the fundamentals are still there. And the- James, James, oh, sorry. go. Uh, same question you know i'm not really into most of the austrian monetary policy thing uh i don't really follow stock to flow um i'm not going to give you trading advice um you know from my perspective as an engineer bitcoin is the same thing now it was yesterday uh uh, it hasn't really changed over the last few years so uh, i'm gonna just basically keep doing what i've been doing the whole time well, then why is the price going to go back up, or will it? Uh, you know, that's not really my domain of expertise. I, I don't need the price to be a specific number in order to keep working on this. I, I think that's, that's part of the reason, though, I, I, I don't really give a shit about today. Like, as much as I was sad like everyone, I bought Bitcoin, I bought ETH, uh, I continue to focus on lending stable coins to earn interest. Um, I kind of like looked at my portfolio and thought about like, is there anything here that I should have been thinking about? And I got to say like, I mean, I've only been in the space for three years, but I, I felt pretty good about like, yeah, like I think I'm finally thinking more clearly and I'm not like making all the stupid moves that I have in the past where I get frantic and basically don't stick to my plan. And so you know, I, I, this is not probably the greatest advice, but like I tend to do what allows me to sleep at night. And there are times I, I buy uh, and try to catch knives because I'm just like, oh, $4,500 Bitcoin. That is such a deal. I'll just take it. Even if it keeps falling, I can sleep on that. Uh, there are other people who I would advise, you know, watch and wait and see how the next day's candle closes, see what happens. Uh, whether we end up above 5,000 and, and uh, then at least you can sleep better because maybe you're more comfortable buying at a higher price. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, hey, as much as James, I, I, love, I love what you're saying and I'm, I, I am definitely as excited as anyone for Trust's Bitcoin and I'm obviously super fixated on everything DeFi, but uh, man, today sucked no matter what. Like it just... It just really, really sucked to watch all of that. that. That candle is is a 39% drop, like on Bitcoin too, which is more like shocking to me. I've never I've never seen a red candle like that on Bitcoin. Um, so, and I, I don't know. Anyways, ho- hopefully that like l- life will move on here. I, I I honestly think like we could be looking back at this months from now saying, I can't believe you know. I can't believe what a crazy day that was. Uh, according to like Nick Carter and Cointmetrics, this is the second worst day in Bitcoin history. Wow. 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 Well, yeah, uh, well, the first I, I would say, have been uh, 2013 January-ish. Okay. It's fine. Piece of history. You know, so yeah. Josh, I'm insert yourself into the conversation. Right and then after that, I say, let's go to Matt. So Josh, then Matt. Or maybe straight to Matt. All right. No, Josh. Matt. I'll, uh, I, well, I mean, I think uh, Bitcoin is, is a safe haven because of its properties in terms of seizureship resistance. Um, you, can, you can send it pretty easily and cheaply. It's hard to block. 
when we see cash eventually um, get banned, where it's, it seems like that's at least to the point where we have restrictions or lack of usage and you have like a central bank digital currency, you're going to need some kind of private money. Um, otherwise, you know, it's, it's just super easy to restrict freedoms. Um, so I think of Bitcoin kind of as a safe haven from all of that. Uh, the whole price thing is, is secondary, um, but definitely nice, nice to have for adoption and growth and whatnot. Um, in terms of like panic right now is probably the worst thing people can do. Um, if, if you're stressed out about it, then you should absolutely, you know, sell some to alleviate that stress. That means you have, you know, too much, uh, on the line to begin with. Um, but what happens a lot is people lose money here because they make rash moves, uh, in terms of sending errors and custody errors. And you see a lot of times exchanges, uh, that are insolvent anyway, end up going under or getting exposed in these times when you have these really big movements. Um, so you got to be extra careful about that. You got to always remember not your keys, not your coins. Um, and just like take a deep breath and don't, you know, move too quickly. Anyone want to take it from there? No, I Kate. agree. What's up? How's it going, Kate? Oh, we got, we got. Somebody coming in? Yo, hey, if you do not want to speak, then do not join the live stream, please. Just watch. <laughs> Just watch. Just, Just watch it. Microphone's not All working. right. I mean, like, um, it's crazy. In terms of Bitcoin, like, no matter what, we have two weeks until difficulty adjustment. So, like, it can't be that bad. Like, Bitcoin is anti-fragile as fuck. Or so if, or that's okay. really bad. Why isn't that really bad? Because in two no, weeks, be all minor revenue gets cut in half. And so a no, bunch no, that's of the having, not the halving. Yeah. That's Oops, the oh, having. Yeah, that's 60 the days. Difficulty whatever. adjustment means that whatever happens, it's going to adjust to 10 minutes a block. So, like, it's going to adjust. The having is going to happen. If, at this point, if you're not getting free electricity, you probably cannot compete. And that's just reality. And well, there's no, reality. no one's saying that yeah. Bitcoin's dying. It's just a matter of the fundamentals, right? Like, I don't expect those are the fundamentals. Ever, it's fine. That no, no, not dying does not equate to fundamentals. Like, it's really nice that Bitcoin doesn't die. That's a great feature, but that doesn't necessarily equate to price going up. It just equates disagree. to price not going down, which is good. So, I actually but it's not the bull case. Josh, Josh, defend Bitcoin here. Let's go. Josh, are we talking about Guy? I'm still trying to figure this. Oh, uh, Josh, there uh, he is. Give me a second. The legendary beefsteak Josh. <laughs> I didn't realize that was him. What's, What's up, up beefsteak? <laughs> What's up, y'all? Give me a second. I'm trying to get this to go through my headset so I can hear you guys better. Yeah, no worries. There's a little carrot next to the microphone. <laughs> Bitcoin's gonna be fine, guys. I think surviving is the it's the it's the value proposition. Is that we have is that there's a secure monetary policy that survives all. I mean, just like you said, CK is it's it's anti fragile. Like if it survives this, 
then it comes out stronger. It comes out with a greater degree of trust. And, and David, you mentioned that the Federal Reserve, like, like even if they turned around and said, oh, we've got a secure monetary policy and now we're suddenly Austrian. It's like nobody's going to believe that bullshit because it's all based on trust. And the idea is, do we have a sound monetary policy that regardless of all the noise, regardless of the coronavirus, regardless of who's holding what keys and how much this person has versus this person and the mining power, do we have a set, not going to change monetary policy? Because that's what makes a money. And I think we do. And, you know, whatever the price does in the short term, like if that doesn't break, why would I care? You, you know, like, I mean, it's kind of crazy that this is the bloodiest day percentage wise in your, or the second or whatever you said, James, um, in Bitcoin's history. But, you know, I'm pro I was probably here for the bloodiest one. Like, why would I be here for the second bloodiest? So if the monetary policy is the same, then, then I'm here. I disagree that the absolute inability to tinker with monetary policy therefore makes good money. Uh, I think that's a, an interesting feature, but I don't think that is the end all be all of what is the thing that makes good money or not. Uh, especially when it comes to some Austrian sort of money, the, the ideal Austrian money is the money that simply just has the best liquidity and saleability. And I don't think that the sure, parameters sure. of being a hands-off of the supply is actually a necessary prerequisite of that. Uh, I do think subjectivity is a good thing to remove from that. Um, but tinkering, I think we could, we could still possibly include so long as it's done, also done within trustless parameters. What I mean by that is that we have a digital decentralized asset. If it doesn't have a secure monetary policy, then it is nothing. Like it's just, it's just an Excel spreadsheet. So the, the idea that we have a unique asset that does have a secure monetary policy is whether or not Bitcoin will survive. Um, yes, I totally agree. Like as a, as a global money, as, as, as a monetary asset, it has had high liquidity. It, there's, there's a lot of other characteristics, but I think the monetary policy being sound and unchangeable is a prerequisite to all of those other things that we want for a good money. Josh, are you ready? I mean, I'm ready. I figured it out. All right. <laughs> Step up yourself in, Josh. What's your take? What's your take here? <laughs> I don't know if I have a ton to add. I mean, I, I, I'm probably in a different position in life than a lot of you guys are. You know, like, I'm 40. I've got two kids. I own a house. You know what I mean? Um, in terms of, like, thinking about my financial stake in Bitcoin, like, I, I've tried to hit a sweet spot where if it goes down, I don't worry about it. Um, but it's enough exposure that if what we think is going to happen it could change my life, um, which I think is cool. And then if it goes to zero, you know, worst case scenario, it's cool to have participated in such an interesting experiment and met cool people along the way. And also just the nature of the open source community is great for learning. And I think learning is something that we should all try to do more of and 
I don't know. I, I think it's great for that. For, it's great for so many reasons. I don't know. That's, that's all I got. I kind of want to turn the conversation, unless anyone else has anything they want to say, speak now. That was beautiful, Josh. <laughs> I loved it. Also, I really dig the hat. Thanks, man. Josh, I had a question for you, or this, this could be for anyone uh, related to kind of what you were saying, but um, so, so I have a number of friends who have been thinking about, you know, buying Bitcoin, and I, I got to say, most of them texted me today and were like, hey, man, so much for that, right? Like, what's going on there? You know, which is funny, because their portfolios from the legacy markets is wrecked. So I'm like, why are you like, what, like, what do, what do you, what do you jump in my case for? Your shit's all wrecked too. Anyways, uh, just wondering like Josh, uh, for, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in a little bit of a different place too. I've got two kids as well, but I'm like wondering when you talk to your friends and they ask you about Bitcoin, like after today, how do you frame up why someone should still consider exposure to Bitcoin or to crypto in general? Because um, cause this, this to me definitely today kind of countered a, a narrative that I did believe in where it doesn't have to happen one day. And again, like tomorrow's a different day. But I, again, I, I was very, very disappointed. I just was like, what the hell just happened? It, it dumped harder in, in, in our market than it did in the legacy market. So, yeah, I mean, I think that like what you're asking is like what you should be asking a sales team, you know, like I feel like every different person needs a different pitch for Bitcoin. And, uh, and if, if the person that you're talking to is really concerned about the price, then it's going to be hard to like convince them otherwise, you know, but <clears throat> it's just a volatile asset, you know, like there's no two ways about it. And, and if they don't want volatility, then they shouldn't own Bitcoin for sure. Or they shouldn't own enough Bitcoin such that they, constantly check the price like we all do today and they and they worry about it at night when they lay down you know like i'm not gonna what happened today is not gonna affect whether or not i sleep you know like i i'm fine with it but i'm but i'm also used to it you know like the people that have been around for like i haven't been around for super long but like we've seen some swings and i don't know i think you kind of got to feel out like what's important to them other than the nature of the investment properties of Bitcoin and kind of ship that stuff to them, you know, like the self-sovereignty and I don't know, I feel like guy could pitch in here on all the, all the other aspects that draw people to Bitcoin, pitch them those things, you know? Yes. It's not, yes. It's not, it's not about the money. And even if you don't have Bitcoin, like you can still pay attention to it. You can still be a part of the community. You can still learn about it. And then you can get in and like start, stacking sets and whatever you want to do you guys so we're getting close to the time to close it out uh we got two new people we got sue and we got brandon we're gonna let sue and brandon have the final word and then uh we'll, we'll close it out from there hey, thanks Jim. for joining sue, what's up? yo uh brandon you want to go or oh go ahead man oh yeah so I guess I can just talk about my experience today. It was the first time I dropped a hundred dollars on Bitcoin <laughs> and I don't know how irresponsible or uh, yeah, irresponsible that is uh, because frankly, just a hundred. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you elitist, Christian. Dude, I'm, I'm trying to be conservative as a Bitcoiner. Like, come on. No, um, but so I, I kind of have regrets, but I don't because one, like we've already covered the great properties that Bitcoin has. It doesn't give a fuck. It's going to be Bitcoin no matter what. And if people have to realize that and go through the schooling and studying that they have to do themselves to get there, then so be it. But it's not going to change like what Bitcoin is. And it's important to remember we haven't seen Bitcoin in a financial crisis, okay? It spawned because of the financial crisis. So shit, maybe it goes to zero, but maybe it doesn't, and maybe it does the exact opposite. We've never seen that happen. So it's, uh, it's no telling. Maybe this whole thing is a black swan, but I mean, that's just kind of the nature of <laughs> Bitcoin. So, you know, I mean, wait it out. All right, Brandon. All right, what's up, guys? So I, I found out about our first big fall this morning in a kind of a funny way. I think that's what I'll add to this conversation. So yesterday I put out a tweet saying, why are there not better critics of Bitcoin? And kind of taking a jab, like as soon as you learn enough, you end up buying it, so you're never really a critic. And I got into some argument with this absolute moron. Shout out to this moron. I'm not going to name him. And he just keeps grilling me with all these dumb questions like, you know, he, he thinks Bitcoin's not a store of value because there's no inherent value. And we're talking about subjective value theory and it's going nowhere. And I'm like, all right, dude, <laughs> I'm done with this. Okay. I went to bed. That was last night. Then I wake up this morning and he, he gives me like five more tweets on the same thread. And he's like, ha, what great timing. See, I told you Bitcoin's not a store of value. And then I look at the price and it's down like, you know, whatever, 30%. So I had to find out. You got from, you. From this guy. You got got. I got got so hard. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what else I was supposed to talk about on this, but I just want to let people know that I love durian. And if you can see my shirt. What is durian? Uh, durian it's, fruit. It's the meat fruit. It would be. That's funny because that actually kind of bleeds right into what I want to close out on. Because what I think is really funny is that the, the first time that we've seen significant correlation to the Bitcoin and the crypto markets to the legacy markets is because of this bat virus thing. And Brandon comes on, which is the, the master of organic structures. So, so Brandon, what's your analysis on the fact that Bitcoin is competing with this other virus that's also in the world infecting people's minds and brains and changing the way that people behave? So it's, it's really a, a virus versus virus story. What's your take on that? Yeah, I don't know. I don't have a strong opinion on virus versus virus. I think in the long term, the Bitcoin virus, which is a mind virus, um, ends up being much more powerful than something in your lungs. Uh, we can breathe with machines, but so far we haven't figured out how to digitize our mind. And so to me, I think the long term viral threat is actually Bitcoin. Um, but to rewind, how did we end up in such a weird situation? Um, to me, it sort of feels like some Chinese guy had to drink some pangolin blood to get a super boner and now the whole world's ending. And so I think what we should also work on is a new drug for the Chinese to have super boners that don't involve pangolins. Go fund me. Official sentence. I second the notion. Oh man. I think that's a good spot to end the show. Yeah, Thank you guys I'm for alone. joining. I'm we donate Bitcoin for that cause. What was that? Well, hey, we were all here for 4,600 and 40% uh, down in one day. So uh, cheers to that. 
Here, here. As this live stream is going, ETH has dropped below three digits into two digits. So, uh, yeah. So All right. So get out your congrats, cash. guys. Congrats. <laughs> hey, so rate the podcast. Let's get us to a hundred thousand, a hundred, uh, hundred So that way we can be at 10 K. They're highly like correlated. What, we talk. I like what Brandon's doing right now. I think we should all pull out our apps and buy crypto. I'm done. Yeah, I'm I'm locked out. I think I've still got a little bit left. Hold on one second. Oh, so everyone, everyone pull out your Argent wallet. I don't, I don't have a phone on me. I'm oh, going to have to pick you off. They got blocked. Sorry. It has been reached. All right, All right. We're in. We're in. I'm right, signing everyone, off. All right. Everyone bye. ready? Good luck, bye. guys. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Later. Tell me what do you